0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Get Lit Minute, your weekly podcast for all things poetic, poetry, and poets. This series is produced by Get Lit Words Ignite, which is a nonprofit organization that uses poetry and spoken word to increase literacy and empower young people. I am Nia Lewis, and this podcast, we focus on the lives, history, and works of classic poets and modern-day contemporary poets. On last week's episode, we explored the literary voice of the civil rights movement, James Baldwin. James Baldwin. Today, we will get lit, get literacy, and get literate with the highly influential American writer Lucille Clifton. Clifton's first poetry book, Good Times, published in 1969, won the New York Times Best 10 Books of the Year. She then went on to write more than 16 books tailored towards African American children. She's won many notable awards, including the Ruth Lilly Poetry Prize, the Frost Medal, an Emmy Award, and more. She also served as the Youth Poet Laureate of Maryland from 1975 to 1985. Clifton was born on June 27, 1936 in Depew, New York, then grew up in Buffalo, New York. Unfortunately, she died in 2010, losing her fight to cancer. She attended college at Howard University before transferring to SUNY Fedonia, which was closer to home. What's interesting about Lucille Clifton is that even though she didn't come from a family of professional poets, it seems like storytelling runs in her family. Clifton mentions that her grandmother told her father a lot of stories who listened and grew up to become a storyteller himself. I think that's really cool. And I think that storytelling can be very interesting and fun, especially depending on how the person kind of portrays that storytelling. In elementary school, they used to hire a storyteller after school and he used to tell us like scary stories are really funny and happy stories and he used to act them out and I remember I used to get so excited and I think he came like every Monday and he would always tell us like these stories and it was so funny and I remember I would always tell him on Halloween to do like this really scary like scarecrow story and I honestly just loved it and it was probably like the best thing that I really got out of my after school program so I guess it's something I can really relate to Lucille Kifton is just like the love of like storytelling growing up in that kind of environment influenced her memoir generations written in order to learn more about her family and for others who were interested to know as well she said that this love of language was carried on to her six children too especially to her oldest daughter who remembers many stories In an interview for the Antioch Review, Clifton stated that she continues to write because writing is a way of continuing to hope. Perhaps for me, it is a way of remembering I am not alone. Likewise, I believe a lot of writers use poetry to not only heal from their past, but to also create a feeling of hope for the future. I definitely feel as if when I write, I also kind of hope too that I can like really influence others and I know when I was first really getting into poetry someone kind of came up to me and was like oh my god like I'm feeling the same way as you I just I'm just glad that you put it like out there and I just like never really knew how to like express my feelings and I know that a lot of poets kind of feel that same way so that's like the one thing that I love about poetry is you can really connect with people and share your story and find out that you're not alone in the world and I think that's one of the most beautiful things about poetry And throughout her writing, one strength that stands out among the rest of her artistic skills is how economical she is with her diction. Many people remark a striking element of her work is an absence of capitalization, punctuation, long lines, and more. By using silence, the blank space on the page as a tool and the value of each word she chooses to use becomes heightened and really emphasizes how precise she is to make sure that every single word was written for a reason. That's absolutely beautiful and I think a lot of poets can kind of relate to that. Um, I think that's something that I definitely want to work on as well when I am writing my poems and how they kind of look and are presented. I just kind of do the normal stanzas and I feel like I wanna explore and kind of make my poems look a little different and kind of see how I like it and then maybe it could be like my own little touch. So I think that's cool that she kind of figured out herself like with writing poetry and her own little thing. So it was like if you see it it's like oh they were inspired by Lucille Clifton. So I think that's that's absolutely amazing and I think that's so cool. Her work sometimes contains only the essential, all while blooming into immersive and full worlds. Who knew that the absence of language could strengthen the existence of the words that remain? While I'm thinking of Lucille Clifton, I wanted to introduce someone really quick here on this episode because it reminds me of a time I heard her perform, I'm Running Into a New Year, and I was so in love. And I actually have her here next to me, and her name is Bridget Yang. She will be working with me throughout this season on the writing and the research of all these episodes. So I thought I'd introduce her to talk about her personal response to this poem. She is the best and such a powerhouse.
1: Thanks, Nia. So, I myself remember reading Lucille Clifton's I'm Running Into a New Year when I was a senior in high school. It's kind of funny how I stumbled across this poem because I remember it was the night before a show I had to perform actually with Nia at her high school and I really just wanted to find a super short poem so I could memorize it quickly and then go straight to bed for the next day. So, I was going through the short poems and I came across Lucille Clifton's I'm Running Into a New Year. and I. I initially chose it because it was probably the shortest one out of all the ones I read, but after reading it a few times, I actually really resonated with it. Like we've said before, her writing style is kind of on the shorter side, but she still knows how to really pack a punch with everything she says. And when I was reading it, I remember it sparking a strong sense of hope and excitement for the months coming ahead in what would be one of my most transformative years, since later on in the fall, I'd be attending college away from home. So yeah, being a part of this podcast has been such an incredible experience. It's kind of crazy because I'm getting to do what I love about what I love. I am starting to strengthened my interest and passion in audio editing and learning how to you know create podcasts and I love poetry so just combining the two has been such a wonderful experience it's also been super great working with Nia because I've known her for quite some time now and I've always loved her performances and everything she writes is absolutely incredible so getting to work with another amazing poet on this podcast has been such a great time and I hope you guys are enjoying it too back to you Nia
0: thanks Bridget. That is one of Clifton's poems out of many, many poems that have achieved success. Her collection Two-Headed Woman, published in 1980, won the Juniper Prize from the University of Massachusetts and was nominated for a Pulitzer Prize. Her other book, Good Woman, Poem and a Memoir, 1969-1980, through was published in 1987, was also nominated for a Pulitzer Prize. Lucille Clifton was the first author to have two books of poetry nominated for a Pulitzer Prize. That's absolutely so amazing and I actually didn't know that about her when I like researched it and like reading about it. I just, I didn't even know that. So I thought that's like so cool and that's really amazing. And that kind of just shows that poetry has an influence on people and can really make a big change. And for me, I definitely think that poetry has changed me and who I am. And I've been inspired by so many poets who are my age, those who are older And I think it's something that a lot of people should really just try to dive into and never think that your poem is bad. Anything you put on paper is going to be good. Have faith in your words and in your writing. So back to Clifton. Clifton's style of writing is very short and concise, which remains consistent throughout her bodies of work, which she likes to joke about. When asked how she is able to write so many books, she responded, well, why do you think all of my poems are so short? I can never write a short poem, which is kind of weird. I just can't do it. I, I don't know why. I feel like because I talk too much, it comes out of my poetry and I feel like I have to say everything. And I've tried writing short poems and they end up being three minutes. So that's so cool that she can really make short poems and that people can even make short poems. I can't do that. I, I don't know why, I just, I really can't. To look at one in particular, let's examine her poem, Poem and Praise of Ministration," which was first published in 1999 in the collection of books of Lucille Clifton by Lucille Clifton. This poem is an example of how Lucille unapologetically explores her sensuality in her work. One main literary element that stands out to me is the repetition, which may signify the cyclical flow of the menstruation process that happens to females every month. So here's her poem, Poem in Praise of Menstruation by Lucille Clifton. If there is a river more beautiful than this, bright as the blood, red edge of the moon. If there is a river, more faithful than this returning each month to the same delta. If there is a river, braver than this coming and coming in a surge of passion, of pain. If there is a river, more ancient than this daughter of Eve, daughter of Cain and of Abel. If there is in the universe such a river, If there is somewhere water more powerful than this wild water, pray that it flows also through animals, beautiful and faithful and ancient and female and brave. Okay, Clifton really knows how to make a powerful piece for many women each month that they go through like a period and it's kind of crazy that she took a period which is something that some people can find weird and disgusting and but for women it's like very painful and it kind of sucks and it's like the one thing that we regret and then make it into a poem that's so like nice and beautiful and has so much like kind of like symmetry and I feel like you can really like see her poem if that makes sense um wow just that poem is so good And you can really see her talent with transforming something so mundane into poetry and how she can write something so intimate. So I wanna thank you guys for tuning in with us for this week's episode of Get Lit Minute that was focused on Lucille Clifton. If you enjoyed the reading of one of her poems as well as learning about her, make sure that you tune in with us on our next episode. Get Lit Minute is a production of Get Lit Words Ignite. This podcast is produced by Samuel Curtis, executive produced by Diane Luby Lane, and engineered by Peter Davis. This episode was researched, written, and edited by Bridget Yang, alongside myself, Nia Lewis. Lucas Lane is our digital editor, and our editorial advisors are Kelly Grace Thomas and Colleen Hamilton. Special thanks to the entire Get Lit staff and donors who made this work possible the teachers who use this podcast to educate their students and to all students of life everywhere for tuning in and spending time with us today. If you want to hear more, check out the rest of our episodes on our website, getlit.org. That is G-E-T-L-I-T dot O-R-G. So I'll see you guys next week.